0: Welcome to Radio B and R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B and R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. And welcome into this episode of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, Director of Communications for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today I'm joined by Donna Blades and Vicki Holsey, Children's and Preschool Ministry Specialists here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And we're going to talk about Vacation Bible School. But that's not all we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about backyard kid clubs. So uh, just to kind of jump in here, uh, we're really excited to have you all with us. Um, how are some ways in which churches, uh, just the whole VBS and how it might have changed over the past few years as you've seen seen that uh, evolve? Well,
1: you know, one of the first things that I think about is that I see some folks that think VBS is just old, that that's something, a program that doesn't work anymore. yet. one of the things that we can see that has not changed at all is when we look at national statistics that 25% of the baptisms from, reported in Southern Baptist churches come from Vacation Bible Schools. So that is very strong evidence that Vacation Bible School still works and is one of the strongest, if not the strongest, evangelistic arm of the church.
0: And you were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording about ways VBS have changed, like with Backyard Kids Clubs. let talk a little bit about that, too.
2: I think one thing that we have seen is the church's willingness to take Vacation Bible School outside the walls of the church, understanding that the day of being able to put a sign up in our yard that says, Vacation Bible School, come, isn't working anymore, and we have to go to them. And so by doing a Backyard Kids Club, which is taking Vacation Bible School outside the walls of the church, into our communities, we are seeing larger numbers of unchurched boys and girls attending our Vacation Bible Schools and Backyard Kids Clubs. So
0: how big of a trend is that here in Tennessee? Uh, you know, I, I know like with Hilldale Baptist Church up in Clarksville, that's been a trend with them. But what are, what are some of the churches and how you see that transitioning?
1: Um, one of the, the first things that we saw in a shift with Backyard Kids Club, you know, that some people say, well, what is Backyard Kids Club? Well, as Donna said, it's an extension of Vacation Bible School. It's taking it outside of the walls of the church, but it's still Vacation Bible School. But one of the things that for years you heard Backyard Bible Clubs, in fact, as a six-year-old girl, I, was, I became a Christian in somebody's backyard. So it's not that Backyard Bible Clubs is a new thing, but it's just different in the way that we're doing it. Because in the past, churches took mission trips Or maybe went to mobile home parks, low-income apartment complexes, that kind of thing. And they might go one year to this location and not go back again. Therefore, no relationships were built Mm -hmm. with those people. So with Backyard Kids Club, what we're seeing a difference is you go back to the same location over and over and over again. But also we're seeing the trend, it's to do it in your own community. You know, for Acts 1-8 doesn't just talk, go to the uttermost parts of the earth, but yet that many times is what we've focused on, and we've skipped over our Jerusalem.
0: It's going on a mission trip to your community.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So when you ask about some of the churches that have done that, one of the first churches that really took off with Backyard Kids Club was actually my home church here in Tennessee um, that I served on staff for many years before I came to Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, and that's Hermitage Hills Baptist Church. And so we were about to build a new building. We were going to tear down our existing preschool building and build a new building, and we were not going to have space that summer to do our VBS, which ran over a 1,000 And um, But we wouldn't have the building space to do that. So we were looking at alternatives. What what could we do to still be able to have vacation Bible school? Now, that was the year that the economy tanked. Mm. And so we had really worked. We saw that maybe we could do something like backyard Bible clubs. And so that was a direction we were moving in. We did a lot of demographic research. And we were moving in that direction. But when the economy tanked, we realized that's not a good time to be asking people for money. So we didn't tear the building down, and we didn't start building a building. And we could have just had Vacation Bible School the same way we had always done it. But in that interim period, uh, doing our staff, doing demographic research, we discovered that while we thought we were doing a great job with the Vacation Bible School, We discovered that there were thousands of kids in our community that not only did not go to our VBS, but they weren't going to any of the other churches either. And we realized we could not continue just doing it the way we were doing it. So even though we still had the building to do it that way, we chose not to, and we went out into the community. And we had over 20 backyard kids clubs. As word began to get out, that was a time when Facebook was becoming really big, and so I was posting all about it. I was actually on staff here already when that happened, but I was one of the homes that opened up my home for Backyard Kids Club. And part of that came from a next-door neighbor who met me at the mailbox one day. I'd lived in this community for six years, and she met me at the mailbox, and she said, you know... We would really like to get to know you better. But she said, you're gone all the time, which is true. I travel the state all yes. the time. And she said, she said, you're not here. And the way our houses are built, we can't even tell when the lights are on inside the house. But when we do happen to see you come home, you drive in the driveway, the garage door goes up, you drive in and the garage door goes wow. down. It was like the Lord could have literally slapped me across the face because i realized that i was going all across the state and even in other states telling people how to tell people about jesus but i was ignoring my own neighbors because we had 108 homes in our subdivision i knew the names of six families after six years living there and so when that my church stepped out and said we're going to do backyard kids club i was the first one to sign up because i realized i've got to find a way to impact my jerusalem so
0: it really is do missions missions begins at home absolutely, yeah. and
1: so that so that became very important. That was nine summers ago. This is my ninth summer of doing backyard kids club, but I was very much at that point backyard Kids Club was not a part of my childhood work here because that was something that really we had there hadn't even been any curriculum for that yeah. in years. but I began posting about it on Facebook and other churches, knowing that I worked for Tennessee Baptist Mission board began to contact me and said, Hey, could you help me? We realize we need to get outside the yeah. walls of our church. So Clearview Baptist in Franklin was probably the first one to jump on board wow. and yeah. that was we they came on board about I think after our second year and they have never looked back. I mm-hmm. mean that they are going like gangbusters with Backyard Kids Club. Maybe a couple of years later, I think it's been that Hilldale -hmm. jumped in and they are very heavily involved. Another church, um, is First Baptist Collierville. They were ones that had seen me on Facebook, that kind of thing, and the children's pastor called and said, you know, we see this statistic that y'all put out there that says that ten percent of the people that attend your VBS are unchurched. Mm -hmm. Now when I first saw that statistic, that to me it was being used as a statistic of why you should do BBS yeah. because you find these unchurched people. But for me, I was looking at and saying, "This is not a good statistic. 10%. If I'm only reaching ten percent, right. then we got to do something different. This is not working."
0: This is it, almost like BBS for your church kids. Exactly, exactly. And
1: kids. so, to me, that was a total different mindset. So the children's minister at Collierville called me and he said, you know, I've been listening to you talk about this. And he said, I went and I've gone several years back and looked at our numbers. And we, for the past several years, we have only been reaching 4% unchurched. He said, you gotta help us change that. And so I went two different times to Collierville. I sat down first with their entire staff for several hours. I went back and they had a general interest meeting on a Sunday where anybody could come. I really helped them work through that. So they did their first year of Backyard Kids Club. And in one week of doing Backyard Kids Club, they went from 4% unchurched to 40% unchurched in one week. So it works i I can tell you in my church, we were at the national average when we started. we were at ten percent unchurched by year I believe it was year four. we had moved to forty five percent unchurched, and three years ago we had gotten to seventy five percent unchurched great. so and I'm not saying don't do vacation Bible school, right. but to add that to it is a wonderful well, that's, way to that's reach that's the lost. What I was
0: you, Donna, is it doesn't sound like it's pick one or the other. No, actually, my because, church is I doing saying, both. You've got, you got some churches that yes. are doing both.
2: When we started um, to do the Backyard Kids Club, we the church I am serving on staff in as the Minister of Children, we are in a very rural area, so we don't have neighborhoods like Vicky's community mm-hmm. does. We're very much in a rural area. So we brought that, in, and they saw the statistic from Collierville And um, that really opened their minds to see, let's see if this will work in our area. So the very first year that we did Backyard Kids Club, we did Vacation Bible School, traditional within our community and within our church building. And then we did a Backyard Kids Club in a school park area. Um, Same curriculum. So we found that our kids wanted to do both. But they had just done Vacation Bible School. So the next year, we did as well Vacation Bible School, traditional within our church building, and Backyard Kids Club. But we used two different curriculums. Oh, yeah. We used an old uh, VB, club, VBS, that mm-hmm. Lifeway had that we just had that resource available so that our kids could come to both. And we found so you know, we have done in-house as well as doing Backyard Kids Club both um, through the summer.
0: Why is it that you think PBS and Backyard Kid Club now, as you've seen that really start to grow and spread across the state, why have those things really remained important or popular among churches when so many of our other programs that we're doing, some of those seem to have an expiration date?
2: I think one thing is that it draws on the heartstrings and our memories as adults from being in Vacation Bible School, maybe having been saved like Vicky was, accepting Christ in a backyard kids' club. Um, so we think back to our childhood and how important Vacation Bible School was in our life. So we still want to be involved in that, um, and we want our children to have that memory.
0: Well, And, and Vicki, you've also mentioned before, just about the statistic that when, a, when children reach a certain age, there's less receptivity to the gospel and I know that that's a big part of the motivation for continuing VBS <laughs> is that that statistics looming out there and it's it's really a longitudinal statistic history has shown when kids reach a certain age or go off to college uh, there's just less openness at that point and you really lost that opportunity so obviously VBS is an important.
1: Absolutely sort of, uh, and, and we're seeing more than ever before in churches as we are putting emphasis on that and helping churches to see that statistic that you're talking about, helping impress upon them the urgency of reaching this generation now. When we're looking at trends from previous generations, what we're seeing right now is if these trends continue, and we pray that they don't. We pray that the things that we are putting emphasis on right now, we will see that along with prayer and God's movement the, through us that we will see that change but if it continues if the trends continue then what the forecast would be that 9 out of 10 wow. of this generation would reach adulthood without knowing Christ. So we're really
0: looking at basically being just a few years away from having a whole generation of people that are significantly more spiritually lost than any other generation yes. we've had in American
1: history. Exactly and not, not only this generation but Their parents as well, because what we're finding is many of their parents also did not grow up. This is the first generation we've really seen so heavy that did never go to church at all.
0: You know, one of the things that that Randy Davis, our state exec, has uh, talked about, I mean, our first objective is uh, reaching 50,000 spiritually lost people and setting them on the road to discipleship by 2024. And you think, well, 50,000 is a big number, but the reality of it is, as Randy has talked about, that just keeps up with current population yes. growth. But like in Middle Tennessee with 100 people a day supposedly moving to this area, 50,000 is not going to be that threshold where we sort of maintain a flat line between those coming to Christ and, and those uh, our population growth. We're going to start seeing a, a significant change in that, and really, um, Generation Z is already the largest generation. Absolutely. So it's like we don't lack for opportunity here. What we lack for is for getting into that field and really, and really doing VBS and doing backyard kid clubs. What are some things <clears throat> that churches could do? Maybe they done a traditional vbs and they really want to take that step out into their community and do a backyard kid club what are maybe two three four things that they really need to keep in mind as they as they uh, take that step and, and kind of move to to their community
1: two things that immediately come to mind for me that i'm seeing that churches don't immediately think of is Number one, what I mentioned earlier about the relationship aspect. Because in the past, when they may have been involved in backyard Bible clubs, they've usually either gone, could be overseas to another country, to a mobile home park, that kind of thing. But they've gone the one time and haven't gone back. And one of the things that my pastor challenged us with when we first started out, if we're going to do this, we need to commit to at least three years because we're never going to know. If it really works, unless we do it three years, and he meant three years in the same place. You go back to that same place because it's kind of like how I saw it in my own neighborhood. I came to the realization it's no different than a foreign missionary because how many times I've heard them Mm -hmm. say they have lived in this country sometimes in a very difficult situation, but they lived there for several years sometimes before they saw the first salvation.
0: And really in moving it to that perspective, it helps people who are going not so much see people as projects to, to poach and get some salvations, but really looking at it as it is building a relationship and ministering to those families because I'm sure that there's opportunities within Absolutely. that context over time. For the church to, to minister to families in that community, which obviously opens up more opportunity.
1: And one of the things they, they have to look at is it's not just go in for one week and do this and not see these people mm. again till you go back the next year. I, I had to learn that. My church had to learn that. And it took us a couple of years to figure this out. But we began to realize we've got to do things during the year. And so I ended up having a cookout. At my house, and, and families came. We, we tried to plug them back into our church for things like Fall Festival. Mm. I live four miles from my church, so you would think it would not be too far for me to invite the kids in my neighborhood to come to my church, Fall mm. Festival. Two families was all I ever got wow. to come. And finally, one of the, the leaders in my backyard kids' club looked at me and said, okay, they wouldn't come to our church. We brought them. VBS to yeah. them then we're just going to have to bring a fall festival to your backyard. And I'm like, my eyes must have jumped out of my face at that point. And I'm like, well, so tell me how we're going to do that. So next thing you know, come October, I mean, full force... Festival in my backyard, and they yeah, came. Yeah. And we, after that, they were like, Well, we can't stop now. So yeah. we did a happy birthday Jesus party, which had to be inside my house because it was freezing cold. Right. Then Valentine's come, we did a Valentine's party, yeah. and we studied all about the promises of God. We got a big inflatable inflatable water slide and you know that we had not on valentine's uh, not on valentine's no (laughs) but later in the spring kind of thing and um one of the neighbors in the community had one of those and they said hey you've got the biggest yard in the community we don't have room to test out our water slide and our inflatables when we get them can we come set them up in your yard i'm like well absolutely and so by the next year we had kids out the wazoo and so now it'll be halloween Last Halloween, a dad came to the door with some kids, and he had a lady that I knew was not his wife with him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. And all of a sudden, he said, you need to get to know Miss Vicki. You're going to be coming to her house a lot. Well, it was his new neighbor. Wow. And that's so uh, kids will come ring my yeah. doorbell to, to introduce me to a new kid in the neighborhood. Yeah, it
0: really is. If, if people And if people aren't coming to our churches like they used to. Right. It really is that the church needs to go to the people, That's That's right. what we needed to always do, because that was the Great commission, commission from the very beginning, but this really is an example of, uh, people may live that close to the church, and, and for whatever reason, they don't come, but they're extremely open to being ministered to right. and hearing the gospel. In a context that really meets them on ground where they feel more comfortable. And they'll contact
1: me to pray for them yeah. or someone in their family. Yeah. So that
2: that is one thing. The relationship, I do, think, is key. You can do the same thing when you're in a schoolyard, you know, like we are by being a partner with that school absolutely because then they the teachers are seeing you the students are seeing you and you've become an investment in the school Mm -hmm. and so whereas I you know we may not have homes that they can come to for a fall festival but when the school has their fall festival we as a church can be actively involved in that um so that we can still begin to build those relationships so it's a little different dynamic when it's not in a neighborhood and in a person's home, but you still need to be willing as a church to understand that it goes beyond that one week that summer to investing into the lives of these boys and girls, whether it be in your home or whether it be in their school or their community. Yeah, really,
0: again, not seeing something as a one-off project and we had our emphasis and it's time to move on, but really see it as investing in ministry.
1: Well, And and the word project, goes right in line with the second thing that I was going to say because what I find even now as I'm talking to churches about doing this I'm still having to really help them understand we're talking about reaching your
2: Mm
1: -hmm. community and your neighbors and what happens is they may think a backyard kids club's a good idea but they're still trying to go many times into low income areas they're not seeing their neighbors Mm -hmm. is not knowing Christ and there, with the population, the lost population in Tennessee, I guarantee you, you got lost people living on your yeah, street. Absolutely. And so, trying to help people understand your neighbors are your responsibility. It's not just having a project and going and ministering to these kids that don't have much to eat. Mm-hmm. Your neighbors that may even be wealthy. They need the Lord. the Lord just as much as yeah. those kids that don't have food on their table. Steve, there yeah, was
0: there was the statistic that we had a couple of years ago in our more populated areas. Obviously, not out in the countryside, but within like one or two square miles of your house, of your church, there's more than two thousand unchurched and unsaved mm-hmm. people living there. Obviously, that doesn't translate when you do live in a rural area, but in, in you know areas that are more populated. Even if that doesn't hold true, that the density is such that it is a thousand people within that one mile, it doesn't change the fact there are a lot of mm-hmm. unchurched people that are living within the shadow of your church. And we do have this tendency to see ourselves on missions someplace else mm-hmm. over there, wherever there is. But we, we, we leave our mission field to go to another mission That's field. That's right. But there's nobody coming to our mission field. So it's a great opportunity for churches to have a really, everybody loves kids. Everybody wants the best for their children. Everybody wants their children to have a higher quality of life. And so it's just a natural entree to be able to have a, a door to, to minister to family.
2: And these same things can take place when you have a traditional in-house vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. It's just we have to remember It's about the relationship. And we have to understand that it's all about follow-up as well. And our follow-up begins at registration. When those boys and girls register, those parents register, we need to make sure that we have the information we need to be able to get back in contact with these parents. We can begin to develop relationships. Having their child in Vacation Bible School in your church for a week opens the door to that home. Because as a teacher in Vacation Bible School, you can go to that home and that child knows you. Mm. And you have an instant relationship with that child.
0: Well, that, and that's actually one of the things I was going to ask, ask y'all about is the whole idea of how can churches do better with follow-up? And, and especially children who make decisions while they're, you know, while they're there. Their Parents may not have any idea what it means to come to Jesus.
2: I think you have to be very intentional. When you are beginning your preparation and you're planning for Vacation Bible School or for Backyard Kids Club, follow-up has to be a part of that process. You have to have that in mind. Um, contacting and building a relationship with those parents has to be part of your process. Mm-hmm. And you, To the extent that you plan and you enlist workers to greet them in the parking lot, and they are equipped and, and taught that they need to make contact and personally take that family to the registration table or to the classroom or to the area where your worship rally is, depending upon how your church is set up. But you have people in your parking lot that are greeting and that are welcoming these families and making a contact with them, inviting them to maybe stay and have a cup of coffee or a Coke and get it's, to talk with them while their child is in Vacation Bible School into right. their classes.
0: It's funny you say I just recently heard a church planner say salvation begins in the parking lot. Mm. Yes. And his point was the way that people are received when they walk onto the property uh, has everything to do with with them becoming a little bit more open to, to hear what's next and to hear what's next. And as long as those doors keep opening and, and their barriers don't go up. So what you're saying about just... Being as organized in the parking lot as what you're talking about in the classroom is critical.
2: Absolutely. Because you make contact with that parent and you learn that parent's name. And when they bring them on Tuesday, you can call that parent by name or call that child by name. You have made steps in developing a relationship. Then when you get to family night, the celebration time, you invite them to come and sit with you. One greeter can't do that for all of these boys and girls Mm. and families that are coming to your vacation Bible school. You have to enlist a team of greeters who are intentional about seeking out the unchurched
1: and those may be people that would never volunteer for your vacation Bible right. school because they think I can't, I can't tell teach. a Bible story or I'm not crafty and that kind right. of thing, but they can they're great people people yeah. you know they can yeah. go and they yes. can shake hands, they can talk to people. They can write cards. When I do Backyard Kids Club, I have two ladies that sit at my dining room table all week. They're older ladies. They can't be out in the hot sun, but they sit in there from day one, and they write postcards to every child. That are mailed the very next day yeah. after the last day of Backyard Kids Club, and they fill up goodie bags that are used in follow-up with doorstep visits and those kind of things. And so they're able to be involved, even though they can't be on the ground with kids, that kind of thing. Some absolutely. of those greener
0: jobs sound like that's a great job for some of the deacons and some of the men <laughs> in our church. Too get in there and to uh, participate, oh, I can't, I'm not good with kids, that's great, you can be good with parents. That's exactly right.
2: And we can't forget them, we have to develop that relationship um, because that's what's going to help us continue their connection with our church we have in the past talked about a prospect list i like to call it an intentional list mm. i like to take those boys and names of boys and girls who have attended our vacation bible school then invite them intentionally in our next activity and intentionally make sure that promotion goes to these people on my intentional list being those that i know are unchurched who um, might you know, we may not be sure that whether they are Um, saved or not but we know they're not actively involved in a church and so we want to intentionally be about communicating with them Um, and so we keep our intentionalist going and that's where our information comes from so they will be invited to next year's Vacation Bible School but they will be invited to the events that we have from Vacation Bible School to Vacation Bible School as well.
0: Well I know that for y'all personally working with children and seeing them uh, come to the Lord is, is a passion that even if you weren't part of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, it would be very much a part of who you are. But it happens that your passion also happens to be part of your job in working with children. So it's not just that we, we have, like Vacation Bible School is done, you guys are doing stuff throughout the year what are some opportunities that churches might be able to take advantage of as beyond just the summer months that the TBMB might might offer that uh, that they could be involved with that you guys are a part of
1: um, are you talking training? Like
0: trainings or um, I know that you, like last year you had the different events around the association, but there are opportunities and maybe even an individual opportunity that if a church is interested. Absolutely. In but what are what are some of the things that they might be able to be involved with with other churches as far as training?
1: Um, as far as training opportunities, uh, consistently every fall and sometimes other times of the year, but definitely in the fall we have... Um, Sunday school or small, small group Bible study depending on how your church uses that terminology mm-hmm. and we have training that would b- include for preschool teachers, children's teachers, youth teachers, adult teachers, pastors and so so we have training specifically for those small group Bible study leaders.
2: And that training is not geared toward a particular curriculum. Mm-hmm. so whether they are actually teaching Sunday school, or not this training would be beneficial to them yeah. because it would help them to learn how to to work with or how to to reach out to so
0: preschoolers
2: really, and children and their families really
0: more skill development in, in ministering to children yes. than a particular let's work through a bible study that yes teach. and we've right. not right. done
1: that and it is very yeah. principle driven yeah. yes yeah uh, so it can be used with any curriculum um we also have opportunities for people to be involved as far as donna is our state bible drill coordinator so she works in that area in children and youth and high school bible drill so she can certainly speak to that
2: right we have we have coordinators across the state who are willing to come into churches into associations and train and teach how to do a Bible drill. Um, because we know that hiding God's Word in our heart mm-hmm. is what is going to develop um, a love for, for God. We know that from the book on why they stay, one of the reasons that millennials have said that they have stayed is because of their love for God's Word. Mm-hmm. You know, the passion they have for it. And you, you, know, you fall in love with His Word the more you spend time in it. And so what we are doing is laying a foundation um, and helping boys and girls understand the importance of hiding God's Word in their heart and you know, learning how to use it, mm-hmm. how to find things, but memorizing Scripture that, that they can draw on when they have face times of difficulty that God can use. And so we have people that can come into churches and associations to do you know, one-on-one training with them as well in that area.
0: Vicki, how could someone get in touch with you if they uh, had a question about how you might be able to help them? And then Don, I'll get you to also give your contact okay. information. But
1: um, For me, they can email me at vhulsey at tnbaptist.org, or they can also contact me by phone 615-417-0105. Um, They can ask information in regards to training. There are lots of other training opportunities besides what we've already mentioned, some related directly to Vacation Bible School and Backyard Kids Club, um, helping them to discover the demographics of their community. We can help them with that. We can do personalized consultations. um, So so those are opportunities that we can help them with as well.
0: There's a lot of tools that are available to understand your mission field within just a couple of miles of your church. Donna, what's what's some way that somebody might be able to get in touch with you? By
2: email, it's dblades, and that's B-L-A-Y-D-E-S at tnbaptist.org. Or my phone number is 865-850-04.
0: We uh, look forward to a great report this summer with VBS and Backyard Kids Clubs that are about to launch off. And I really appreciate you taking a little time just to talk to us about children's ministry as it relates to VBS. Well,
1: thanks well, thank you you so, you so much for much.
2: having us.
0: Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions.
2: For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.